0: welcome back everybody to edge of the rabbit hole i'm author and researcher mike ricksecker with me as always my co-host is victoria monday and down in the chat room alina moderating the chat we have a fantastic show up for you tonight we have parapsychologist vince wilson with us a very learned man when it comes to ouija boards seances all things esoteric. Uh, He's also, he's written a book on uh, ghost hunting technology. We're going to get into a lot of different topics this night. He's also an accomplished illusionist, so man of many traits. Vince, welcome to the show. Great to see you today.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been a while. I'm glad to be back on here. It's nice seeing you guys again. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's an absolute pleasure. Uh, You know, I'm I'm very excited to talk about some of these topics this evening with you. So, you know, thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, our, our paths have crossed a, a couple times at, uh, conventions before and, you know, with, uh, you know, conventions just starting to get back into the swing of things here. It's been a little while since I've actually, uh, seen you and had a chance to talk with you. So, uh, I'm really excited to pick your brain this evening and, and get into some of these different topics as I know that, uh, many of our viewers and listeners, uh, you know, they, they wonder about these things, the, the Question of you know Ouija boards comes up a lot, uh, you know, and a lot of these different uh, topics when it comes to parapsychology. But I guess we need to start at the beginning, uh, as we do with most of our guests, and really just ask you, Vince. You know, how did you get into uh, you know this field?
1: Oh, probably the same way a lot of people have. You know, you know, I know a lot of people say they had experiences uh, when they were a kid, but for the most part, it was TV and and movies. To be perfectly honest with you, I grew up in the the 70s and 80s so there was in the late 70s there was in search of was leonard nimoy yes. there was ah, um, you know ghostbusters <laughs> later on and there and, and in search of in particular that portrayed this paranormal phenomenon as a uh, docu-series basically right i mean it, it, when the amityville horror popped up um it was the uh they portrayed the amityville horror as an, an actual uh, thing that happened, um, you know, and I believe that. And I, I grew up thinking that. So in around 1998, a friend was going to a haunted bridge uh, called Governor's Bridge in uh, Western Maryland. Um, and we started doing investigating there, um, you know, and I started to wonder, is any of, the, any of this really how it's supposed to be done? Of course, we were doing it all wrong. Uh, and I bought uh, some books on it. I actually got to meet some parapsychologists who became friends later on, like Lord Auerbach, hmm. and later on, dot, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Nichols and a few other people, and um, Barry Camp. Uh, and we managed to share ideas, and then eventually I became a certified parapsychologist, American Institute of Parapsychologists, in which I'm currently the executive director. And that's kind of what led me to this. And of course, always, as far as the magic illusion stuff is concerned, you know, all, I was a nerdy kid, so <laughs> that was, uh, it was obvious, you know, uh, and it also, it helps me have a better idea of how the mind works and um, it also helps me avoid uh, fraud and fakery tricks that might uh, normally deceive me into thinking that I'm in the rare cases I've been on in which people have tried to you know make you believe that their house was haunted because they wanted to get a tv show
0: i've i've been involved in some of those cases i know exactly what you're talking about which is really a shame because um i've been on some before where there was something legitimately going on in their house and they're trying to make it out to be even more so and you know for us we ended up just walking away and you know saying sorry but um so so Ouija board seances. I know Victoria's like amped up. She wants to do a seance tonight.
2: <laughs> yeah, she got um, time. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, very interesting topics. I have to ask you. Um, I, I was going to go with Ouija boards first, but I got to go with seances first because um, you know about a year and a half ago, uh, I was out at I won't say the event, but at this event, uh, you know they they were billing Saturday night as this you know big seance that they were going to perform. And, you know, it, it seemed to be, you know, a lot of show with, uh, you know, smoke and chanting. They set up like all these different symbols and these little pyro pots, all kinds of stuff. Um, but what is a real seance, Vince?
1: <laughs> well, as you, what we think of as seances um, started in the you know, Victorian era, the 19th century, okay? It, it evolved over time. Now, you can argue that they've been around forever because throughout ancient history, even, people have been in, interested in communication with spirits. Or even I mean, you could argue that every time you think of or say it out loud, like, I wish they, this loved one who passed away was here with me right now to give me guidance. That is basically a one-on-one seance for all intents and purposes. You're just asking for guidance from the people who have passed on, um, you know, and you have a general idea, probably all of our, uh, your viewers and listeners of what a seance is supposed to look like the round table, everyone holding hands and that sort of thing. Uh, you know, there may be a little ritual introduction, but for the most part, uh, that's not necessary. It is helpful. They give you a sort of, uh, you know, system, it, or or a ritual that can help you um more comfortably uh yep ghosttech.com that's a good place to find the i just saw that chat sorry <laughs> but yeah <laughs> uh, but yeah uh you know it's the it's the way that you're um are very familiar with it it's the way everyone's familiar with it, it appears in movies and tv shows and that sort of thing and it is the, the most popular way of doing a seance. But you don't have to have a big table and a circle and everyone holding hands. You know, the, the holding of hands, by the way. And if you asked everyone, they would say, oh, that's to share the energy and, and connect with everyone. And that's certainly part of it. But it's also uh, to prevent people from moving the table around and. And Uh-oh. and you know it's a preventative measure. They even used to put their feet over each other's feet so no one could kick the table. Oh, you know, they they try to prevent
0: that. the table tipping.
1: Exactly. Uh-huh. Yes, exactly. That's what it's it. from. That's right. Most of those uh, procedures are from that uh, point. Mm-hmm. The spiritualism. Um, you know, to give you a quick history lesson, most of started with Anton Mesmer in the late 1700s. Mm-hmm. Okay, he was oh, actually mesmerism. That's absolutely correct. Which eventually, but here's the thing: is that eventually branched out into so many different things. Mesmerism, which was uh, debunked uh, by Benjamin Franklin, you know, uh, actually there was something to it. It wasn't what Mesmer thought it was, which was magnetism and or, or animatism or whatever you want to call it. It was a early form of hypnotism. This later on branched off into what we call um, psychology, believe it or not, that he eventually became that because the, the study of an interest in hypnotism. Parapsychology was psychical research in the 19th century. Um, and you had, um, uh, you know, also uh, paranormal, you know, all ghost hunting, basically, spiritualism and modern day magic and illusion all came from Anton Mesmer. You can all thank him for all these different aspects branching off from that early period in the late uh, 18th century.
0: Uh, fascinating. I do need to real quick here. I uh, need to recognize Dawn goes by spooky here for a $10 super chat. She says she has a night off miss coming to the show. Yeah, I know she's been working a lot lately. So thank you very much, Don, for the $10 super chat. Absolutely appreciate that.
1: Well, that was very nice. Yeah, it is. absolutely.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So, so what are you seeing in a, today's modern seances? Because a lot of people today are still, you know, to performing seances, Like I said, you know, I, there was one there <laughs> last year uh, that I observed. Um, what do you think that people are doing? Um, I guess, for lack of a better term, wrong as compared to what a real seance should actually be.
1: Um, it, it 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 can be it sh- it should be very simple. All right. Um, it doesn't have to be grandiose. You don't have to have extra things in it. Um, so basically a seance can start off with everyone gets around. First of all, very important, focus on an individual, all right? Uh, or at the very least, speci- or try to narrow it down as much as you can. For example, if you're in a house and you have an idea of what the spirit is, but maybe you don't know their name, you should say the spirit. Of this home, which the people have seen in this location, you know the the, the ritual aspect is important in this case. Okay, um, you know, but if you if it helps, let's say you focused on someone like Edgar Allan Poe. I'm actually doing a virtual seance this Friday. Where we're going to communicate with Edgar Allan Poe. Um, let's say you want to reach out to Edgar Allan Poe. Who so would say, Mister Poe, uh, we reach out to you, the great author, the poet, the the writer, the creator of the modern detective story. Uh, you know, we ask you for you to come into our circle within which you shall be contained until the breaking of the circle. At the breaking of circle, you shall w- return from whence you came in peace and comfort, you know, for example. And then you can go about a, a self-protection concept. Uh, for example, like think about a, um, a, in, in the virtual seance, it would be a, a surrounding each individual with a protective light. For example in a in-person seance it would you can still do the hands on the table or holding hands or holding writs even um, that can complete the circle uh, but it's but once again it's completely not necessary you can have a audience a room of people a theater style setting for example and then you just go in with the you ask them to participate i like to use uh, pendulums in my seances okay. to look for uh, or you can have EMF detectors up and around the area too, uh, I suppose. I, I've never used those for seances myself, uh, but the, you know, it's something you could definitely have set up in your area and you would look for reactions. Another seldom used, this is going to, I think it's going to blow your guests' minds because it's something, weirdly enough, it's been around for over 100 years and so few people use it the pendulum bottle. Uh, and I wish I had had one to write immediately. It's a okay, pendulum bottom ex- bottle. Explain that, please. Okay. It's a wine, a clear. It must be absolutely clear, not tinted. All right. Not with ornamentation on it or labels. You get them at the Dollar Tree sometimes, I understand it. But definitely they're at Michael's uh, Arts and Crafts. A pendulum bottle. All right. Uh, maybe 10 or 11 inches tall with a cork in top and a I string. Know and a pendulum attached to it as close to the bottom as possible. You could just literally staple it into that cork if you'd like. And it would, have it as close to the bottom as possible without actually touching the bottle, the bottom. And you would put this in the center of your seance table. Everyone's hands are the a table more to stabilize it than anything else. And you could, uh, ask the spirit questions during your seance and you'll, uh, and it, it works often enough, but you'll see that pendulum moving uh, during the seance in the middle of the table in that bottle. Totally self-contained, no, not gimmick, no tricks or anything.
2: So would you have it in the bottle so there wouldn't be like an air current or anything? That is correct. Oh.
1: That's to prevent the air cool. from pushing it. Interesting. Okay. That's correct. Okay. I've seen I've seen in certain right environment with the right people and situation, I've seen the, those pendulums literally go. Uh, rattle against the side of the bottle sometimes
0: oh interesting because yeah airflow is always a concern just Mm -hmm. you know if somebody's holding the pendulum you know just little movements of of your hand can also cause uh that pendulum to move so that's a great method to be able to prevent some of those exterior factors from from moving the pendulum i love it
2: that's a great idea
1: yeah very simple to create (laughs) i mean some people like to fancy it up with poured wax over the, the cork and and that sort of thing, but it's it, it, or electric tape to the make blood sure of doves. To Yep, kidding. that's okay. the blood of <laughs> whatever you know. Uh, but the but uh, all you need is a cork, a staple, a thread or a chain, and the pendulum. You make it as simple as possible. You want it the uh, you want it to be as close to the bottom as possible. Um, uh, but other than that, it's it's you, you can be creative with it.
2: Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: definitely very cool. Um, what I'm
2: doing
0: but, Friday. No. <laughs> you, yeah, you're going to try it huh? <laughs>
2: I'll be at Hobby Lobby. I mean,
0: <laughs> a couple of early questions coming in from the chat room. Uh, we'll get to these real quick. Sarah Yusuf asking in reality, how easy is spirit communication for the average person?
1: Well, the, I think there are people that are better at it than others for sure. I mean, I think that's, we can take that either through natural talent or through practice. All right. And I think people, it's like, uh, from my understanding, it is kind of like a muscle that you have to flex. You know, uh, practice can make you uh, stronger when it comes, or more experienced in spirit communication. The environment can help sometimes, objects relevant to your uh, communication can help. Intentions are important. Um, I think anyone can participate, partake, and even be involved in a seance or spirit communication. I do think it's important um, that you uh, perhaps interact with a more experienced individual first before hosting it with other people yourself or, um, more importantly, doing it by yourself, if that makes sense.
0: Thanks. Uh, sorry. I'm, I'm looking up the pendulum bottle to get a photo of it. (laughs) So that's, that's why why there was the weird long pause there. (laughs) I'm going to find a photo to show everybody. This pause
2: Uh, brought to you by pendulum.
0: That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, second question here. This is from, uh, Nicole from guiding echoes. Uh, Vince, what do you think about physical mediumship and ectoplasm?
1: Ah, the, uh, So physical mediums are controversial, all Mm -hmm. right? Because during the 19th century, there was quite a few of them. And now you just don't see that anymore. Now, specifically what I'm referring to is the classic interpretation of what ectoplasm is, not the modern interpretation, which is smoke and mist and that sort of thing, things that show up in photographs. In the 19th century, ectoplasm was disgusting. It It was, it came out of the orifices of your body, Um, your ears, eyes, nose, mouth, and other places uh, we can't talk about in a family show. Um, It was, uh, and to be perfectly honest with you, it was almost always verified to be a hoax at the time. It was egg whites mixed with cheesecloth or gauze, uh, you know, and that or other materials that would be, uh, you know, palmed and, and extracted from the body during the seance. Sometimes they would put paper mache masks or faces or mouths in it, uh, eyeballs and that sort of thing, uh, all kinds mm. of stuff. But that was the, that was how it was in the 19th century. Now, today we have a different interpretation of that, which is, uh, um, you know, that is the, the mist you see in some uh, spirit photographs uh, or apparitions that appear in spirit photography and video occasionally. Uh, so that is the modern uh, definition of what an ectoplasm is, which ha- may have more reality to it. Uh, physical mediums, um, uh, and to go back to that one, that is uh, extremely rare. Okay, uh, the idea that a medium can physically manifest manifest objects from nothing is a an unusually rare talent. You know, if it was more common, we'd have proof of the existence of the paranormal. Uh, because they would be able to do that on a regular basis in a lab and uh, and that and that just gives you an idea how rare it is not saying it doesn't exist, I'm just saying it's extremely rare
0: yeah I, I there was I'm trying to remember the name of it some uh series that was on Netflix here just recently where one of the episodes they were showing a, a modern physical medium but again, kind of the controversial. Uh, issue with a lot of the physical mediums, even, you know, like a hundred or so years ago where, you know, they had to have the room like all dark and you know, all of a sudden there's like this, you know, almost like guttural, whatever in the world she's saying. And, you know, kind of that question, okay, why can't this be done in the light? Why does she have to be shrouded? You know, that sort of thing, um, which to me doesn't help in their quest to make this seem authentic.
1: Yep, I I agree. You know the it's the it's um, the studying is is very difficult. Okay, you know there and there are uh, aspects of it which sound like excuses. You know, uh, like you know, I'm I'm not in the right mindset. the, the negative energy here. The thing is, like some of that might be true. Uh, but and it does, but it does sound like excuses and and possibly valid valid ones. Ah, there he goes. Netflix series called Surviving Death. I think I've seen yeah. uh, one or two episodes of that. Uh, but the um, so the. Uh, uh, you know, she followed up with the physical media. Was the, she knows.
2: <laughs>
0: oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Nicole and I sat down and we watched that uh, a, a little bit. I think maybe we got through three or four episodes and that was about it. <laughs>
2: now, I've actually experienced that and I didn't realize that's what it was. Um, mm-hmm. and, and there's no nice way. To, it just looked like big clumps of snot. I'm sorry. But that's what it looked it like. <laughs> and it was like And it was right before a shadow person appeared too um and i didn't know anything about this house i didn't know that was a common occurrence um and so a friend of mine said well that was the they were pulling the energy and the moisture out of the air before they formed and it it leaves a residue which is ectoplasm but what about the little spider webby things when you're walking around and you just kind of feel but there's no spider web there is that ectoplasm too
1: well there's there's if you go into the more metaphysical theories in regards to the paranormal there is a etheric material, all right? A good uh, book for information on that would be um, John Michael Greer's Monsters, uh, which tries to do a sort of grand unified theory of the paranormal <laughs> using the concept of etheric mat- uh, material as the basis for just about every paranormal and supernatural being that you can think of, uh, from elves to certain kinds of zombies even. It's a very. It sounds silly, but it's a very well-made and good book when it comes to the more metaphysical, supernatural aspects of ghosts, hauntings, uh, fairies, angels, demons, monsters in general. Okay. I highly recommend it. So the, the theory would be that this etheric energy, which is pulled from the matter of the universe, can coalesce into a physical substance. Um, and this may explain certain kinds of aspects. The only issue from a scientific point of view with etheric material is that when you form mass together, that mass will have weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and a lot of people, when they think of being pushed on the back, uh, like you, you've I'm sure both of you have been to a haunted location where you've actually felt something like a touch, a breath, or, or literally sure. a. a, Last a week. Yeah, yeah. Contact, yeah <laughs> physical contact, right? Every day. <laughs> so the, the problem, there's a couple of issues with this when people think of that, because they usually think of like the the classic etheric hand reaching out to you and pushing you, you know, or, or actually giving you a, or touching you and that sort of thing. The problem with that is if it has mass, it has weight, and it would fall to the floor, you know, if it was like a disembodied hand or something like that. Uh, I, 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 challenge investigators to consider this possibility, all right? If you think that ghosts are memories or imprints in the environment, in some cases, like, uh, you know, recording of someone who once lived imprinted, embedded into that haunted room, that haunted house, that haunted bridge, then what is the perfect playback mechanism for a memory? The mind, all right? So perhaps in some cases, when you walk through a haunted location, you are the player for the recording and when you interact with these stored memories you're remembering what other people have experienced in the past a sort of memory possession all right and i I wrote about this in my book ghost tech Um, and what you're actually experiencing is not a real push in in a normal sense but the memory of someone else having been touched or pushed from the past you're experiencing the memories of a deceased person from uh, years, decades, centuries before.
2: That's interesting because I was at a, um, two weeks ago, I was at a haunted location and I, I kept saying, somebody's touching me on the shoulder and, you know, and they're like, yeah, 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 sure. And so they set up a camera and as I was talking, you can actually see this black thing come through. It hit me on the shoulder. Um, I was like, yeah, it's hit me on the shoulder. What would that be? It, that's not a memory. I mean, that was physical manifestation. Well, if
1: you're, you're if you quote the matrix, <laughs> no. <laughs> your, your mind makes it real. All right? And it, it like I said, this wouldn't be every case. It would be some cases, you know? And I think that's as interesting as... This could also explain certain psychic activity, like why uh, certain people remember or know things unexplainably about the past. Mm-hmm. You know, when they go into an environment, why they know the information they know. Um, why do they feel uh, the things they feel? You know, maybe they're experiencing or reliving these experiences. I've certainly seen mediums and psychics in certain locations, um, you know, make these claims where they're literally re- reliving the past moments uh, of a, a certain location. And and like I said, this wouldn't be in every case, you know, um, you know. But it goes into whether or not you want to delve deep into. Uh, you know, the scientific explanation versus the more metaphysical aspects. You know, there's like there's some things don't jive well together, if that makes sense.
2: So there's like a juxtaposition kind of.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so exactly. Very...
2: Okay. Mm. Yep. You could have,
1: you can have your memory imprints in one location, your, your, your soul is trapped on earth in another. I always have a problem with the unfinished business theory because it's very vague on what that is. I mean, what if you've like died while sending an email. Uh, if it, if he didn't <laughs> you did stick around send, and send the house? email. <laughs> do I have to? Do I have to haunt a house until someone sends my message?
2: <laughs> Could be.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I have found that. Back to this place we were the other day. Um, I was joking around with some friends, and we were making not really risque comments, but you know they were borderlining there. And the key two was lighting up. And, and then every time I would say something, it would do. Like oh, oh so I, whatever was there maintained its sense of humor, um, because I I said something about rocks and it lit up and I said oh you like my gemstones I wear rings all the time nothing and I made kind of a belied comment and it lit up. <laughs> I mean, have you found that that ghosts or spirits or whatever still have a sense of humor?
1: I think in some cases, for sure, absolutely. I mean, if you're th- if you're thinking about them uh, having personality, then they certainly would have the same personalities they did when they were alive. You know, there, there's a lot of things that have to be considered when you delve into the philosophy of hauntings. All right, uh, for example, you know, the in movies and TV shows, which is let's be honest, I hate to break it to you, this is what influences most people more than reality experiences or knowledge that we even have Um, you know if we knew definitively what ghosts were this would not be a debatable topic this would be something uh, that comes up in science class for example or uh, or you know philosophy and it it doesn't um, because ghosts have some sort of random aspect to it you know and there's all sorts of explanations for that Um, but uh, one thing I like to ask would-be parapsychologists, would-be uh, psychic, uh, sci field researchers, ghost hunters, paranormal investigators, is that um, if you were dead and haunting a prison, you know, for example, if you died as an inmate in a prison, wouldn't you want people to know you're there? Wouldn't it be your objective all the time to get your message out? So why does this th- does this not happen? Are there rules like in Beetlejuice? That they, they're, they're they're not al- they're not allowed to prove the existence of ghosts, you know. So there's there's yeah. some aspects that have always bothered me philosophically about the will of ghosts. If you if you have a will to get your a message across, wouldn't you go up through, through any means to make that happen? Which leads me to think that most hauntings are, and once again, there can be re- exceptions, but most hauntings are probably levels of information recorded left behind. In fact, most theologies lend itself to this. Most theologies don't cover ghosts. You know, spirits, souls, angels, demons, and deities, of course, but ghosts, no. Like the idea of the haunt, a haunting, a haunted house, that's not in the Bible. You know, and don't get me on that witch, witch of Endor thing that most people bring up every <laughs> time I. Like, all right, all right. We, we can go in that for another, <laughs> different episode.
2: That's the second uh, hour, yeah. yeah the <laughs> second
1: right. hour, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, the, uh, but yeah, that's that's a problem that you have to you have to think about, at least consider. Like, why is that? Why why don't ghosts like actively try to make themselves more known? Like, why can't they just? You know, pick up a piece of chalk and write on the chalkboard. Why is why our backs have to be turned? Why do we have to be in a different room for that to happen? You know, why can't they uh, just pick up a pen and write in a notebook or or just sit in front of a TV camera in a TV studio? Hi, I'm Abraham Lincoln. It's great to be here today. <laughs> Thank you for having me on the show. You know, this, this d- never happens. Uh, and why not? You know, why does it seem so random? You know, these are questions I, I, I like to hear theories on. I, I have a few, of course. And, and I'm not saying ghosts aren't real. I'm saying, of course, I'm saying that, you know, we should think, consider these possibilities. Right. Yeah.
0: A couple more uh, questions here from the chat. Kind of backtracking here on the uh, conversation a little bit, but uh, Nicole from Guiding Echo is asking, is that why there are certain items needed in spells to manifest things? Because the universe is pulling specific energy from different items, herbs, candles, etc.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you, you think about it that... He, it's it's uh, that sounds more like a recipe. What she said, but the uh, with the herbs and spices and that sort of thing. But it's but yes, if you look at if you look at the universe as a recipe, there's like there's the fundamental forces of nature. There's gravity, you know. There's uh, you know quantum entanglement, quantum interactions and things like that. From from uh, Heisenberg to Einstein, the universe has rules in that regard. You know that you know you, and they're unbreakable. Uh, as far as we know. The, uh, uh, so maybe there, there are stipulations for allowing these uh, uh, energies with varying degrees of intelligence um, to manifest, you know, the humidity, the temperature, the, uh, the electro- electrostatic composition of the atmosphere at that moment, uh, the geography even to some degree. And allow for a haunting to happen more easily mm-hmm. you know the uh, a, a popular theory of parapsychologists is that uh the imprints that we talk about uh which is the thing you can study you know if you're think that if you think it's souls it's you, good luck <laughs> <bunch of> those. <laughs> you know that's fine and I'm not saying it's not but that doesn't uh it's not something you can prove it's something you believe in all right. And that's something that's not meant to be provable, if that makes sense. What
2: All about right? reincarnation then? We're
1: oh, people... there's evidence of that. Sure. The parapsychology yeah. has been researching that for years. Um, you know, but I'm was, I was just talking about souls as a haunting specifically. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, but imprints are interesting. They could explain a, a whole gambit of of different types of hauntings, like perhaps the, on the you know sometimes the whole personality is not left behind you just have aspects of it you know little like imprints of it like uh, that might be what residual hauntings are versus intelligent hauntings and even intelligent hauntings seem to have limits you know there's there's yeah. very there's very few documented cases of of uh you know ghosts remembering things years later and you never hear of ghosts like uh, from 150 years ago, figuring out how to turn the TV on, on purpose, or or flicking light switches <laughs> or things, or learning how to send an email, for example. You know, it seems to be limitations on on that sort of thing.
0: Interesting. So, with that in mind, uh, from Sarah Yusuf, is there a particular type of mindset that seems to encourage the experience, paranormal activity, and otherworldly communication?
1: Oh, certainly. I think that's with any kind of research or investigation. You know, no matter what it is, a mindset does help, and uh, you know, and can affect the outcome and results of, you know, what you're looking into. Uh, you know, the uh, you want to be uh, optimistically skeptical. I think uh, when you're investigating a case, you know, because you know, fraud and fakery that does happen absolutely you know as you've experienced yourselves people have tried to fake things so they can get on a tv show or maybe they're suffering from a mental illness unfortunately and they need help um and and these can uh be factors you have to take into place but uh being positive and uh, and i mean uh you know being optimistic and having a good you know good uh, outlook on things, especially when you're trying to do a séance as opposed to a ghost hunt, can definitely help uh, create the right atmosphere, positive atmosphere. Negative thoughts can definitely uh, negatively impact your investigation. You know, if if you're if you're in a bad mood or just overly skeptical, uh, you know, as to the level of being a debunker and no longer a skeptic, all paranormal investigators should be skeptical. Uh, the, uh, the people who call themselves skeptics, they're debunkers, and that's not the same yeah. thing. No,
0: I agree with that. It's like, it, no matter what you would put in front of them, they would always say, no, 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 no. And it, right. that gets really frustrating. But since we're talking <laughs> about spirit communication, uh, let's talk about the Ouija board. Uh, the, the spirit the fun talking board.
1: Yeah. Fun board. Fun board. <laughs> the fun board, We should call it. All right. The, uh, it was, uh, the Ouija board, as we know it today, in fact, the, the word Ouija board was uh, based on talking boards, which were room-sized, believe it or not. Can you imagine <laughs> a room with a marble floor and a, a podium that would move across the room with people on their hands, with their hands on a tabletop, rolling it across the room to different letters? And things like that. So I the Ouija board that
0: on Stranger Things, right? Like the whole right. Wall.
2: I've <laughs> seen rugs like that. What if Roomba <laughs> goes off? You know, and you yeah. have the big rug. What? What? Well, unfortunately,
1: this existed before the Roomba.
2: <laughs> oh well, my Roomba doesn't work very well. It's going to know. no, no. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but the so you can argue that the Ouija board is the home version of <laughs> the more portable version that's... or travel <laughs> kit version. I guess I suppose invented in my hometown of Baltimore. Uh, the Ouija board was. Um, it was invented by the Baltimore talking board company. And, uh, contrary to popular myth, it wasn't the combination of we and job French and German. It's actually, according to the creators, it was the the word Ouija was brought up during a seance on the Ouija board. So my big question on the, um, for your listeners is would you use a Ouija board? So how about, Mike, Victoria, how about yourselves? Would you use a Ouija board?
2: Yes. I, I never can get them to work,
1: but I would <laughs> Mike, try. Mike, how about yourself?
0: Um, I mean, I have tried a couple of times. This this is my take on it, that you know, it's a tool. If you know how to use it properly, it's a tool. I'm a bit more comfortable using my digital audio recorder. And I know before the show, uh, we started talking about that a little bit, the difference between the... Uh, you know, a digital audio recorder and uh, the Ouija board. But I believe as long as you know how to properly use the tools, then then it's fine. And that's where people get in trouble is when they don't know how to properly use it.
1: Yep. so here's here's the, my controversial hot take, all right? So, and by the <laughs> way, those are good viewpoints you have there. Thank all you. All right, the Ouija board is safer than EBP, all right? The uh, And let me explain that. Every person in this room, and if you say you don't do it or have never done it, you're lying. I want to say that right now. (laughs) The uh, every person in this room has started the EVP experiment with what are the words? Can you guess? Is there somebody here with us? (laughs) Is there anyone here now? What is the problem with those words?
2: You're asking for it, invites anybody
1: in. Let's if you believe that's a possibility. Then you're technically saying the worst words you can say. Is anyone here, or can we? Is anyone here willing to communicate with us, or whatever the words are? It's mm-hmm. completely open to interpretation by any any spirit or entity you think may be in that environment. If you believe in demons, guess what? You know, uh, you, there's a possibility you just invited them into your look your environment. All right, and they, and uh, séances have told. Uh, people for over 150 years now. Time and space matters not. In fact, it's a usual. It's a, a thing I say in my seances often enough. Is time and space matters not? It doesn't. So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if they're haunting that location or or this or wherever another dimension, universe, uh, reality, or whatever you think there might be. All right, so that is why because Ouija boards have rules. Never use in a cemetery, always say goodbye, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, they, it has a system of rules built in. There's more rules, uh, uh, and there's, and there, but those are the big ones. Uh, I've used them in cemeteries. I've broken that rule already. <laughs> uh, but, the, but the thing is, a Ouija board is a tool. But I was going to
2: ask you. I've never heard that before.
1: Yeah, it's, I'm sorry. it's, it's written in the box.
2: Why? It's, why uh, are you not supposed to use it in a cemetery?
1: I think it's just to spook you. Uh, morning, you know, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's just fun advertising and marketing that you put in there. Um, you know, the, the Ouija board was a super popular, um, you know, uh, toy, you know, for board game for over a hundred years, but that changed in 1974 forever. You know what, why it change that year, the exorcist, the exorcist, that's correct. In 1974, yeah. The Exorcist came out. The little girl, Reagan, played with the Ouija board. And she goes, you know, Captain Howdy, is my mom pretty? And the, the planchette says no, because, you know, demons are jerks, of course. Uh, you know, so, <laughs> so uh, but yes, it's, it's that movie changed it. Popular culture influences you more in experience than reality, than research, than everything. And if you, and I can prove it with a weird question. All right. Mike and Victoria, how do you kill a vampire? Now, don't say stake through the heart or decapitation or fire because that will kill That would anybody. kill anyone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. How do you kill a vampire?
2: Practice, silver practice, practice. practice. <laughs> or that's, is that a were- <laughs> no. werewolf? Werewolf. Um,
1: Werewolves are silver bullets and things. Yeah. Oh. Like uh... Sunlight. Ah, there you go. Yeah, sunlight, there you go. So every culture in the world has a vampire myth, and the vampire myth has been around for thousands of years. It goes back to ancient Mesopotamia, Babylon, et cetera, in Egypt, all right? So um, in that entire timeline, the vampires were not always killed by sunlight. So how far back do you think that goes, the sunlight killing method? Is it 10,000 years? Is it 1,000, you know, 500 years? What do you think? 2,000. Two thousand years.
2: What is two thousand? What okay, is two thousand?
1: Mike, what do you say? I'm going to say that goes back to the beginning of recorded history. All right, the sunlight myth goes back to 1921.
2: No. Hmm. Why?
1: All right. So Dracula came out in <laughs> 1893 and in the in uh by Bram Stoker, and in the dra- the book Dracula, Dracula walked around in the sunlight. In 1921, the the German expressionist film Nosferatu came out. Oh, Nosferatu, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and in that movie, was the first instance of a vampire being exterminated by sunlight. In myth and legend folklore, vampires were weakened by it and not at their full strength, but they weren't destroyed by it. And that was It was Nosferatu that actually killed vampires for the first time. See, and that's a perfect example. Until you actually do the research, you know, pop culture, movies, TV, books they influence you fiction, influences you more than reality. And most people have a pop culture influence of what ghosts and hauntings, monsters, demons, and things like that are more than the reality, the research. So a lot of demons were angels in some ancient myths. The- uh, Pazuzu, Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: There, there used to be, you know, actually quote unquote good demons back in uh, ancient history
1: exactly yeah pazuzu which is the demon in the movie the exorcist specifically you don't find out to the sequel but in the original script they they call him uh pazuzu but pazuzu uh was actually a positive uh was called a diamond a the uh a place between the spiritual and earth uh you know not a demon but a diamond uh kind of almost like an angelic being yes terrifying to look at because he had an, like a lion's head bat you know four wings and a tail but uh you know angels themselves would not be something you would want to meet in person you know because in the bible they even tell you that they have four faces a hundred wings or in the wheels of fire for example not very reassuring to be honest with you uh <laughs> you met one in person <laughs> in their their actual uh yeah that's right sarah Uh, Yusuf put it then there, diamond, D-A-I-M-O-N. Yeah, the uh, Pazuzu and Lamasha, the Pazuzu was actually a demon that was so, that scared away other demons. He was like an upper echelon of, uh, uh, you know, and that it was considered, and he would actually be prayed to and have representations of him around a house in order to scare away other demons. And uh, I think it was, not Sumerian. It's actually um someone's probably googling it already googling it already, but it's, <laughs> it's one of those Come on, uh,
2: Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: but anyway, part. you get the idea. But yeah, so the Ouija board is a tool, like Mike said earlier. All right, it is a it is a convenient tool. It's a planchette with letters and numbers, um a yes and no, a moon and a sun. It has all these options on there. You get you can get definitive words on it. You know, is uh, you know you can get uh, communication back and forth with the spirit in a safe environment as long as you follow the seance rules. like you just like co- contact a specific spirit, which is what you do. all right? Uh, and you uh, have you know uh, the proper communication and intent with everyone uh, present there. And you're just very careful. And it's uh, and that's why EVP can be more dangerous. Than a Ouija board because it's usually more open to anything. Um, the uh, you know it's, it's like people talk about Frank's boxes and the ghost boxes and things and similar technologies which use random number generators built into it. But here's the thing, you know, there's uh, there's several people here uh, in in the chat and in the in the meeting right now who are psychic have or sensitivity or think they're sensitive. Correct, so. Uh, and yet you have a random number generator with everyone sitting around it with an intention. I want something spooky to happen. So random number generators are have been proven in laboratories to be influenced by intention, even without psychics or mediums or sensitives. Mm-hmm. So um, what do you think is gonna happen when you have a bunch of people saying, Oh, I hope it says get out you know, or something like that, (laughs) you know, you're, you're the, it might now that's neat. Anyway, it's, that's still interesting from a psychic research point of view, it's not less interesting unless your only intention is to get ghosts because you, in those sorts of situations where you have the, uh, you know, to go back to, or people were asking about intention. Everyone's intention is to have something spooky happen during it. You could be influencing that, that RNG. In that device, because Mm -hmm. you want something to happen. It could be you doing it, which is still interesting, but not the ghost.
0: Right. Interesting from a different point of view. Yeah. Uh, We have a a question here from Rick Gabbard since you you were talking about The Exorcist and pop culture. Rick's question is actually about the uh, original story that influenced. Uh, the Exorcist. What are your thoughts about the boy in St. Louis and being taught how to use the Ouija board, which is you know, what is supposed to uh, have originated the Exorcist story? Or well,
1: the, or the story. Yeah, that, is, that is an interesting story. That was the uh, he was he was <laughs> coincidentally also from the Baltimore also area, from Maryland. Yeah, <laughs> that's right, in Maryland. Yes, uh, the most of the 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 more supernatural aspects of that happened in Chicago, I think, at a at Jesuit. Uh, uh, that was in St. Louis. Yeah. St. Louis, St. Louis. Okay. Close. Yeah. yeah St. Louis, St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah, cause, they had, right. Cause
0: they had moved from Maryland to St. Louis. I guess I try to get help or, or whatever. Exactly. Was. Yeah.
1: There was, yeah. A, there was a Jesuit retreat or a, a, a seminary out there that was able to investigate it, uh, more closely. Well, here's the thing is so, so, so region board was a part of that story, but he, the question is, does it matter if it was there? Now we can never know that, but the, the point is like everyone who says, but I use a Ouija board and something weird happened. Well, would something weird have happened if you use a different tool? I've literally seen at uh, paranormal conferences and, and paranormal investigations, people pull out a pendulum board, which has numbers and letters around mm-hmm. it. Yes. And no, and a pendulum, and they'll use that. And I've said, why don't you use a Ouija board? It's like, oh, I'll never touch a Ouija board, but this is fine. <laughs> but it's essentially <laughs> it's the same, same thing. thing. It is the same thing. You know, when you're, when you're asking questions to the environment, when you're saying, when you want, I'm saying this, and I want this to happen, it's the same thing. The only different, the, the Ouija board is not a portal to hell. They're not at the Hasbro manufacturing plant, <laughs> so, you know, sprinkling bits of Stonehenge while 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 you know making curses onto the, each board as it comes down the assembly line.
2: So there's not a Hasbro it, portal or anything. No,
1: there's not a. <laughs> uh, so they have
0: demons at the plant that are printing those. Yeah,
1: that's right. Uh, no, no, oh,
0: like which that. by the way, I did find a photo of a, of a pendulum bottle. Oh, and it went into ah, the we background. Um, Can you make us
2: go away for a sec?
0: Yeah, I need to make us go away for a moment. How do I do it?
2: We'll um, be in another dimension.
0: <laughs> right. I don't know why I did that.
2: I can kind of see it. Yeah. That's pretty Okay.
0: Cool. I'll have. Oh, you know, because I put it in the wrong place. I had to put it on overlay, not
1: background. Hang on a second. Mike, I'm going so. to send you a picture of one.
2: Oh, that would be easier. <laughs> through
1: Facebook Messenger. There we go.
2: Oh, okay. That's interesting. Let me ask you a question while we're looking at this. Um, my family's kind of weird.
1: Yeah, so, that, that's, yeah. That's, not a, that's not a good example. Okay. We need I mean, a longer screen, right? Yeah. But,
2: um, we used a Weech board when I was kids, and it was just like um, when me call Aunt Martha and get an answer, no, let's just use the Weech board. Um, and we used it for like yes and no and stuff, and it was just a normal thing we always did. I mean, it wasn't, you know, a gateway to demons or anything. But it, mm. is, is that normal? <laughs>
1: i guess yeah yeah it's it's normal to use a a ouija board you know that sort of thing and and have experiences like that you know like uh, you know the thing is like the 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 overall point of course is like if you didn't use it would the same thing happen would you still have experiences with a pendulum board or evp or anything else you know you're still you're summoning spirits basically you're attempting to even in an evp experiment in a classical sense in fact some uh the ghost hunting phenomenon in the past 20, 30 years or so has been called by parapsychologists, techno spiritualism, mm-hmm. uh, because they, they mix it's true because they mix in belief with technology and it doesn't always mesh very mm-hmm. well. Uh, right. but it, you know, and, and you, so you get some interesting results for that purpose. Um, you know, because you're, yep, there it is. Yeah. That's what I made myself. There's a there's a a black crystal, uh, no relation to the Jim Henson. uh, That's the dark crystal.
2: The dark crystal,
1: yeah, dark crystal. The dark crystal in there. Uh, But yeah, it's it's so simple to make. It's all it is. The the hardest part is just making sure that the pendulum is close to the bottom without touching it. Uh, So maybe an inch or half inch off the bottom. Uh, So this is a you want to be a nice clear bottle too. Um, okay. weighting it down i saw in the picture there's there's rocks in it and that sort of thing weighting it down can be is fine you know but you're also having an unbalanced bottle at that point because you know you, you have if you were just throwing rocks down there those rocks weigh differently and they're probably not evenly dispersed so it's something to consider have um, you
2: ever um, made like one um and put the pendulum board underneath it so the pendulum would go to wherever like the yes no i mean i've seen the little things you can get
1: started. Yes, as a matter of fact, that is true. Yep. The, in fact, the uh, I've seen it done with wooden coasters that had that written on there, um, you know, and, uh, and, they, like, and uh, even region boards to some degree, just having it on top of that or a pendulum board. That's correct. Um, you know, and, and of course, you can answer move in specific, uh, you know, directions, like say move left and right for yes or no or, or back and forth or around in a circle for, you know, to verify that you're here, uh, of they're used for verification purposes. Like, so you know, you know, the spirit is here. You know that the ghost is here, for example. Uh, so they work best for in that regard, um, you know. And it can use, be used in conjunction with uh, seances and uh, or ghost hunts and paranormal investigations, you know. Yep. She's going to make one. I can, I uh, send me pictures. If you, if you make a, if you make your own spirit bottle, definitely send me a picture. I want to see it. Have you ever
2: had a pendulum (laughs) just lie to you all the time? Like why, why would it do that? First of all, I mean, every pendulum I've ever had, it's always lied to me.
1: There's, there's definitely possibilities there. Maybe, maybe it's a demon, you know, or, or maybe it's just a, so let's let's ask this question. If you are a pathological liar in life, would you uh-huh. stop being one because you're dead
2: so I have one following me around guiding all the pendulums I mean I'm talking over my entire life I mean different mm. ones every single time but they never they never tell me accurate
1: information ah uh, well if you if you consider yourself sensitive or psychic it could be your own uh, influence counteracting that of the the spirit okay yeah that's definitely a possibility
2: okay something else to work on
1: <laughs> yep so
0: let me ask you, Vince, these these people that um, seem to get in trouble with uh, Ouija boards, I, I've always kind of chalked this up to... Um, because you hear about the the stories of you know, like the girls at the slumber party, and I'm not trying to be sexist or anything, but I've had people, women, <laughs> <laughs> tell me this story. Yeah, I played with a Ouija board at a at a slumber party, and this you know all these bizarre things ended up happening that you know spooked them and they you know ran out of the room. But um, it always seems to me in those cases that you know you have you know the girls are playing around with the Ouija board and they're trying to ask questions about you know, okay, they're trying to like trick each other or fool each other with the board. And um, is there the interaction they end up getting with the the spirit in that case? Is that just a, a ticked off spirit that enters the room because they're trying to, to interact and you know, it's just a bunch of goofy kids. Is, is that what's happening in these cases?
1: That's definitely, I mean, hey, all those theories, uh, you know, are as good, you know, as, good as any other one so you might have the you know there's uh uh i mean look look at all the gambit of possibilities if you depending on what you believe in if you take a more paranormal and there's a difference between paranormal and supernatural all right Mm -hmm. paranormal is science might explain it it's just beyond our understanding currently it's above normal beyond normal right supernatural well, you can never know until you're dead basically <laughs> that's when you don't find out <laughs> if the supernatural exists um, it's if you're investigating the supernatural you're doing it for uh self you know self-fulfillment basically you know filling your curiosity or spiritual learning and that sort of thing uh, but basically that's about it uh, you know but paranormal it's like that's something that can be maybe documented proven one day um, so let's let's talk about how and I want to uh, you know, do that say that before we go into that topic you brought up. Okay. because there's all sorts of possibilities, all right There is the, the uh, people who believe more in the spirit the supernatural, for example um, uh, speculate that it could be trickster spirits or um, there's uh, in mythology, legend folklore. There's trickster beings who they're, they they basically exist solely to to mess with us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Loki and Norse mythology, uh, you know. There's there's uh, fox sisters, not the fox oh, sisters, yeah. but fox fox spirits in every myth, basically. And every myth, there's uh, where there's a culture that that worships fox spirits. The foxes are usually tricksters for some reason, and these animistic. Um, you know uh entities for example uh but there's there's all sorts of there is the uh uh the the spider uh, god from uh african myth uh there's arachne from Greek myth and there's another spider for example all these are like trickster beings uh for example uh, some of you may have read the trickster in the paranormal for example which is a book that covers some of these aspects um and then there's uh, demons, of course, imps. There's even, if, if you want to go deeper into it, you can even argue there's a possibility of elves and, and, and fae that, uh, that could be interacting. There's also a possibility that the, the, uh, if you have a medium psychic or sensitive in your group, they could be un- unconsciously uh, through some sort of poltergeist type phenomena influencing the situation as well. Uh, that's Anansi the spider. Thank you so much. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Sarah, Sarah, you are powerful with the information tonight. Um, Anansi the spider. Uh, so, and then there is, um, uh, if you go to the more paranormal aspect, it could be the psychic influence from mediums or psychics. It could be uh, poltergeist activity or micro PK fluctuations. And it could also be, uh, you know, an entity, a. a, a uh, imprint that has a jovial you know has a jovial personality type and influencing as well
2: could it not also be the um, overactive adolescent girls like um almost a poltergeist activity like you were saying before just because they're overdriven on hormones and stuff
1: oh yes yeah, so it's that's yeah. definitely, <laughs> definitely something that cannot be dismissed yeah. you, ha- you definitely have to uh um you have to look into the possibility that you know there's uh, subconscious unintentional influence because you're you really want something to happen so that cannot be dismissed does okay. that answer your question mike i hope i got around yeah to that. that was good
0: <laughs> i appreciate it so <laughs> yeah. we're getting down to the uh end of the show here uh just a couple minutes left so uh vince where can uh where can people find you and you know what do you have coming up here
1: well, the uh, I have a se- go to ghosttech.com if you want to see the séance I'm doing uh, this Friday. It's a, we're contacting the spirit of Edgar Allan Poe. Um, you know, on this Friday, it's it's probably going to be my last virtual séance for a while, but I will start doing live séances in Baltimore soon. Um and then uh, if you want to see some of the I incorporate magic, folklore, myth and legends uh, ghosts and the paranormal in my magic shows. Uh, you know, and it's always. Uh, I have a new show coming out called ESP, which uh, theatrically reproduces, uh, unless some of it's real. Uh, These <laughs> concepts of psychic activity. Uh, you know, uh, you know and it's. Uh, I've got some really amazing interactions with um, you know, with audience members uh, for that reason. Like, for example, I have this uh, set up right here. Uh, you know, that can definitely show uh you know the, the the possibility that the audience has uh, psychic activities and powers you know like in my esp cards here
0: Right. Very, very cool, well, Vince. This has been absolutely fantastic. Your your wealth of knowledge, and uh, you know, we had a great time chatting with you. It's, it's again, it's it's been too long since you and I've had a chance to likewise. Uh, to yeah, feel free to
1: reach out to me anytime. I'd love to be back on. I had a lot of fun. Thank you for having me on, and your audience has been absolutely fantastic. They're
0: Thank amazing. you so much. Appreciate and I'll see
2: that. See you in September.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> coming to Texas, y'all come on.
0: there you go all right have a great night vince you too yeah bye-bye